Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehila Community Podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's really good to be here. Oh, man. A little change of pace today. I like it. Absolutely. I love change. Absolutely. So we're doing... Who moved my cheese? Uh, not me. I did not move your cheese. Um, nor did I cut your cheese. Okay, I have, good, good. I have my own cheese to cut. That's it. So uh, we're doing things a little bit differently today. This week, we do not have a regular tour portion. We have uh, readings for Yom Teruah this week. And so we're going to be sharing a teaching, Yom Teruah, 10 Days of Awe, and Yom Kippur. But before I get into that, I would like to welcome all of you new folks that are listening to this podcast for the first time, or if you've been listening for a few weeks, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast uh, on whichever platform you're using so that you get a notification and an update whenever we put out new podcasts. Also, uh, if you would do us the favor of rating the podcast on your platform, liking it, and then also sharing it to your social media. It does us uh, great help uh, when we can get the news out and the word out by uh, people sharing it with their friends and family and other folks. Uh, We try to be encouraging and uplifting so that um, when you give uh, uh, an invitation for someone to listen to this podcast that you don't have to worry about it, so to speak, right? I mean, we're we're pretty straight shooters, and uh, we're not negative. We try to stay on the positive side of things. We tell you what we're for and not what we're against for the most part, and I think that that's, um, that's a good thing, and we're going to keep that, that policy going. A um, couple other things. Uh, if you want to email me, uh, if you have questions, prayer requests, or anything like that, um, my email address is ryan, R-Y-A-N, at twopraise.net. Ryan at twopraise.net. Um, and also, I want to say thank you to our guest. We just had Lars and Narsen here um, all the way from uh, Sweden slash Israel slash Dallas, Texas. He's traveling around. He lives in Jerusalem currently. Since 1995. 97. He got the word to go in 95, and he made oh, it I need to make a correction on that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, what, let me just tell you what a blessing it was to have him here. Uh, we did a podcast where I interviewed him, um, and so you can go back to episode 60 uh, for season three and listen to that podcast. What, a, what an awesome uh, man of God, a word from the Lord that we received from him here. So much encouragement, so much confirmation uh, from him. And uh, I'll just tell you guys uh, also that he wrote two books that we know of. I know he's written other things, but um, one is called The Joy of the Whole Earth. It's about Jerusalem. And the other one is called The Stumbling Stone, which is about the deity of Messiah Yeshua. So uh, I encourage you guys, check out the podcast. Once um, Pastor Russell gets the YouTubes up, uh, you can watch the services that he was teaching at. And then uh, last but not least, um, check out his books. Yeah, and he's with the uh, Watchman International. Right. And you can go to his website, The Watchman dot org the watchman.org sign up for his you know uh distributions and things like that all right so let's jump in yom teruah let's do it 10 days of awe and yom kippur very good here we go how about this this is going to be like three podcasts in one yom teruah 10 days of awe and yom kippur man so leviticus chapter 23 verse 2 ryan if you could read that that would be great absolutely it says here speak unto the children of israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Wow. Speaking to the children of Israel. So that's pretty cool, right? So once again, the feasts are for Israel. The feasts are the Lord's. They belong to him. They belong to him. The feasts are to be proclaimed. The feasts are holy. The feasts are convocations. So Holy Convocations, number 4744 in the Strong's Concordance. It is, of course, the Hebrew word mikra. So Convocations is the word mikra, and it means the following. Something called out, a public meeting, a rehearsal, an assembly, 
check that out. So this Friday night, you know, uh, we'll be in our homes. And then on Saturday on Yom Teruah, it's something called out. We'll be coming together because, hey, they're going to say, where are you going today on this Saturday morning? I'm going to the Mikra. The Mikra, the Holy you know, Convocation. Some people, you know, you guys, some of you listening used to go to Copacabana. At the Copacabana, <laughs> no, I'm going to the Mikra. Amen. You know, my favorite part about this verse in here is the fact that it's, it says, even these are my feasts. And it's cool because the Feast of the Lord, it goes through all eight of them. And uh, you, know, you have the Sabbath, you have Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And they're, you know, they all have, obviously, Hebrew names. That's right, um, Sukkot. Right. And, and so what's cool is they're his feasts. And when you talk about the word Mikra, my favorite part about the word Mikra is that it's a rehearsal. So that's true. for everyone that's out there, you know, you're worried about calendars, what day somebody's doing something on, what to, you know, all these things. Here's what I know for certain. The higher principle of all of this is unity. God wants his people to get together at the same place at the same time to worship him in spirit and truth. And so in order for us to do that, we all have to get on the same page, so to speak. And the best way for us to do that is knowing that there's disputable matters about everything calendar related. Which one is going to bring everybody together and which one is going to bring us into unity with the spirit of God and with each other. That's good, you know, and the feasts are to be proclaimed. We need to make flyers. Oh, yeah. Sending out on social media. Let you know? people know. Invite That's your friends. That's what's really cool. What a divine appointment with the Lord, you know. Uh, so if Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts, which is Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost, will he fulfill the fall feasts, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles in the future what is the answer to that absolutely absolutely to the day to the hour to, the, to right. the nth degree we participate we rehearse but he fulfills amen so yeshua fulfills the feast and we get to participate in them what an honor so once again this is just a little bit of a foundation our little monologue our little introduction because once again it's about yom teruah 10 days of all and of course yom kippur so let's start off with the feast of yom teruah Yom Teruah of Trumpets, uh, Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 24. All right, it says here in verse 24, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Once again, a holy convocation, a rehearsal. This is a mysterious day, you know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, and oh, by the way, you know, Leviticus... This incredible book, my favorite book in the Bible, out of all 66 books, my favorite one. Yes, it is interesting that it's two parts. So chapters 1 to 17 is the way to God, and the walk with God is chapters 18 to 27. So if you find Leviticus 23, we want to walk with God. Very interesting as we get into this, because this is, of course, a memorial of blowing of trumpets. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to come together, and you're going to blow the trumpets, the shofar. So the word memorial is number 2146 in the Strong's Concordance. It is the Hebrew word zikron or zikron, and it means the following, a memento or memorable thing, day or writing, or a record of something, mm, yeah. or to record something, a record of something. So as you're blowing the shofar, what are we to remember? Mm, that's a great question. Right? It's a memorial. So what is the memorial, and I'm what are we to be reminded of? Of. Obviously, we're supposed to remember the blowing of the shofar at some point, right? Because this is a memorial right. of the blowing of a shofar. So then we can go and we can look at Exodus chapter 19, verse 16. The law of first mention. Which is the first time the shofar was blown. And we can find it, like I said, in Exodus 19, 16, which says, And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. Wow, that's good. Wow. <laughs> I know. Wow was right, you know. know. So in the third day, actually, it, 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 this is the thing, you know, the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud. So who blew the trumpet? Uh, I would say God, which God. in this case, I would say Yeshua. That's it. God did. Yeah. So can the feast day of Yom Teruah be a reminder of the marriage covenant that was made at Mount Sinai by the blowing of a trumpet? Ding, ding, ding. Survey says yes. 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 
you know, uh, there's some interesting tidbits here. Hopefully we'll get to it at the end. I'll throw some things in there for you. Food for thought. Some things that I just discovered will be, uh, of course, uh, promoting uh, different resources, ministers, ministries, books, or whatever. So we have, of course, uh, we have the Feast of Shavuot, and then we move into the summer months, and then we have the Feast of Trumpets. Very interesting, isn't it? If we go back, we can have this trumpet blast in Exodus 19. Then you'll go into this whole golden calf incident in Exodus 32. And what do you have? A trumpet blast. Yom Teruah. Uh, once again, we're looking at, of course, we have this marriage, which is the giving of the Torah uh, from, from God to man, from, from Yahweh to the children of Israel. Right, the Torah is the marriage That's covenant. It. And we have, of course... Uh, uh, both temples destroyed in between that period, between Yeshua's return and the marriage covenant. And of course, we have the season of Teshuva. So once again, we have summer months, the golden calf, temples destroyed, and Teshuva all in the summer months. I wish we could skip the summer. It's hot. You know, well, you know, I guess fall begins September 22nd. Yeah, it's going to be like 90 degrees instead say, of yeah. 100. Yeah, exactly. It's like Actually, they're having record heat wave in Israel. Ooh. They've set some records. I think it was 109 in a lot uh, or something like that. Wow. But they were having some record heat. You know, it's interesting, too. They did say, we, you know what, Death Valley was 130 degrees. It was a record the other day. And then they said L.A. County, somewhere yeah. in Los Angeles, was 120. You know, people talk about global warming, but, you know, I, I say climate change because here's the thing. In Colorado Springs, it was like 90 degrees, and then the next day, it snowed. Well, there's no doubt the climate. So this is, is all changing. public records. Right. There's no doubt the climate is changing. I think the the argument is just over the yeah. cause. So Ryan, why don't you share some references to to a trumpet sound? Oh man, with, with those three, there's three references. I, I would love there. to. So here we go. Three references because we're in Yom Teruah, folks. Blowing that's, of shofars. That's right. And this so, is where you get to toot your own horn. Oh, absolutely, you do. Yeah, yeah. You get but you got to have a horn, horn first. So make sure you get yourself a. Remind a me to blow the shofar at the end. Oh yeah. Hey, don't forget to blow the shofar at the end. <laughs> So Isaiah 27, 13 says this. It says, And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. Hallelujah. What an awesome day that will be. I would say this has not yet been fulfilled. Amen. That's a prophecy. I would say this is a future event, a prophecy that shall come to pass. And in may God be willing in our lifetime. That's right. We, we go up to Jerusalem, we go down to Egypt. That's right. So Zechariah uh, chapter 9, verse 14. Uh, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 14 says this. It says, And the Lord shall be seen over them, and his arrows shall go forth as the lightning, and the Lord God shall blow the trumpet, and shall go with the whirlwinds of the south. So remember, now, the book of Daniel is the uh, skeleton of prophecy. That's so right. we study prophecy through the book of Daniel, the skeleton of it. Mm -hmm. And then the, the other prophets are like the meat and the flesh and things. So it's very interesting, the major and minor prophets. But the bottom line is Daniel is the skeleton of prophecy. And Zechariah is the next book that's the bridge to the book of Revelation. So that's right. uh, I learned that from Perry Stone. I want to give him some kudos, Perry Stone. Uh, he's all for the Jewish people and the feast and everything. But he, he made mention of that, that... that uh, you study Daniel, then Zechariah, then you go into Revelation. So. Absolutely. So uh, a, a New Testament reference to this, which is a very, very popular one, uh, is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. Let's read it, and then we can discuss, obviously. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know, that's powerful because, you know, the bottom line is, you know, President Donald Trump is not the last Trump. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> you know, he's got sons, he's got a daughter. I don't even know in this context if he's even a Trump. But I find that interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that is very interesting. So that is definitely something that we all can't look forward to. So that's, of course, in regards to Yom Teruah. Just a, a few thoughts that I'd like to share with all of you that if you go back to last Friday, 9-11, uh, you know, memorial, uh, which took place in 2001 in New York City, uh, I just want to remind all of you that when that incident happened, we know that the, uh, the Torah portion for that week was Nitzavim. 
No, it's actually the, the Torah portion was ki tavo when you enter in. Oh, right, right, right. So it's about the blessings and the curses in, in Deuteronomy 28. Right. So if, if, the, if, the, uh, if the memorial is celebrated every year, but it happened on a Tuesday, that previous Friday is when the Torah portion went into effect. Right. So these things would happen. Your gates would be stormed by the enemy. Your walls would come and be breached. Your, you know, all these things, your defenses, and you would, you know, you're going to be brought low. Foundations will crumble. So I'm only sharing that because it's very interesting that a week later after, of course, uh, 9-11 of, of 2001, it was Yom Teruah. You know, and as we look at the sixth month, something good actually happened in the sixth month, uh, in Nehemiah 6.15, so the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul in 50 and 2 days. So in 52 days, they repaired the walls of the city, Nehemiah 6.15, in the 6th month. And uh, that's the only reference that I could find for the 6th month uh, as a good example. But once again, <laughs> all of these things are happening. Oh, and by the way, uh, Israel is going into a total state lockdown, house arrest quarantine on Yom Teruah. Yep. That's right. Now so, you know that's so for tough the first for the time Orthodox people in Israeli history, the great synagogue in Israel will actually be closed for the holy days. So this is this is just really really interesting. So I've got some stuff here. Um, obviously, we look at Yom Teruah and the blowing of the shofar, and we know that this is a memorial for the blowing of the shofar and the marriage covenant at Mount Sinai. But just like everything that God does, it's multifaceted because we are now looking forward to the fulfillment of the fall feast, just as we've seen the fulfillment of the spring feast. Amen? Wow, that's good. And so as we look forward and we know that the shofar will be blown, this, this, this last trumpet, right, will be blown, and this is the return of Messiah. Amen? That's right. So talk about something to get excited about. We talk about a mikra, a rehearsal. Talk about something that we want to rehearse so that we are ready. Anticipation. And in anticipation of his return. Yeah. And then it says right here in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17, right? That the dead in Christ shall rise first, right? That's the resurrection, right? And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Together with who? With those that were resurrected. In his glory. Right? And we'll be caught up together with, with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, Right, so we get to meet him in the air, and so uh, Lars and Arson was here this past week, and he described this in such an awesome way. Because I know, look, I, I already know that there's a lot of different thought processes around eschatology, around whether or not this describes the rapture or not. But here's what's cool: when a king is returning from victorious battle, the people who are his most loyal subjects, his, to meet his fans, they go out to meet him. Right, they run out of the gates, and then as they parade into the city, right in victory, as they're, entourage. they're coming, they become his entourage. They go with him and they join the him committee. as he's coming in. So, what an awesome picture of what First Thessalonians four sixteen and seventeen describes: that we get caught up in the air, and that as Yeshua returns, that we get to come with him. What a glorious and awesome day that will be! What an awesome hope we have in the Lord. What a, what a reason to endure, to continue until the end, right? To continue being faithful um, and to continue following the Lord. I just think that it's a, an awesome hope for us that we should be encouraged and that, you know, you come to the point where people will say, hey, you, you don't have to do that. Man, you can't stop me from rehearsing the blowing of the that's so true and that's what and the celebration it, 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 of Yom it's, it's all about a person Absolutely. And, and and in closing here on the part of Yom Teruah you know even Lars and Arson were sharing that and I believe it too I, I believe Yeshua was born uh, during Yom Teruah in 3 BC you can see in Revelation 12 the sign astronomical sign up in the heavens that John talks about you can find this through an astronomical calendar the viewpoint from Jerusalem uh, it all played out, and so Yeshua would have been born. And who heralded? The, but the angels, hey, you know, oh, right? He, you know, they heralded like a trumpet, so, right? You right, know? right. So it's something to think about. We don't know his exact, exact birthday, but we can put some clues together. So now we're moving into the ten days of all. So here's our our, our two thirds, our second part of this teaching, this great triple podcast. You know, uh, we have the ten days of all, which is from Yom Teruah to Yom Kippur. And uh, it's September 18th in the evening, which is coming up this Friday night, all the way through September 27th in the eve, which is Tishri 10. That's where you get the 10 days of all, because we're going to go from the month of Elul to Tishri on Friday night, and then 10 days in Tishri will take us to, of course, uh, Yom Kippur. So we have the spring feasts. 
Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. Now the spring feasts have been fulfilled. So now we go into the fall feasts. And are being fulfilled. That's right, and they're being fulfilled. Yeah. We have the Feast of Trumpets. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Day of Atonement. You know, I always wanted to get sound effects for our podcast. We just next have, year. Listen, no, no, we're no, going to no. have sound effects. No, our we have the best special effects here. I mean, yeah. between and, the little button you push for the animal noises. Yeah, I never know what animal I'm going to get though. That's yeah. the problem. It's a mystery, <laughs> mystery button. So we and then we have the feast of tabernacles. So how cool is that? So before we can celebrate the fall feast, we need to go through the ten days of awe. That's awe. right, the ten days of awe. So the number ten, the number ten means a minion. This is the number of Jews required for a service or a public service or for prayer. Uh, you'll see where they'll... Uh, I got to be a part of a minion on an airplane one time. They didn't care if I was a Gentile or not. They needed 10 guys to pray yeah. in that little part of the, the airplane off to the side there. And I got pulled into this minion uh, going to Israel. And it was awesome. I just bowed my head and just listened, you know. And that was a cool experience for me on my way to Israel. So Yahweh said he would not destroy the city if he found 10 righteous men. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 23 through 32, this is what we have, that this situation. He would not destroy the city if he found 10 righteous men. But guess what? He didn't find 10 righteous men. Mm-hmm. He was going to destroy the city. So Lot and his wife and two daughters actually came out, but the sons-in-laws thought that Lot was teasing and sporting and joking, uh, didn't take it seriously. So the number 10 in the Bible, here we have some examples. Uh, we have the 10 tests of Abraham. And by the way, he, he, he passed them. It's funny that he passed them, but the children of Israel didn't. Yeah. For, you know, the 10 times you have tested me, I've said I've had enough. You're going to get it. Yeah. So go to your room. Uh, Abraham's servant journeyed with 10 camels when pursuing a bride for Isaac. Wow, 10. You remember the 10 lost tribes? Listen, they're not lost. God knows where each and every one of them are. So 10 camels with uh, Abraham's servant pursuing a bride for Isaac. How about the 10 plagues upon Egypt? Here we have 10 plagues. Uh, We have the famous 10 commandments. 10 commandments. Uh, We also have 10 lavers in Solomon's temple. Wow, hand-washing stations. 10 right. lavers in Solomon's temple. We have, of course, 10 candlesticks in Solomon's temple. 10 menorahs, uh, candelabrum. Wow. The, there's the number 10. Uh, also continuing on, number 10 in the Bible. We have 10 kings. Wow. In the last days, Daniel 7, 24 and 25. And in Revelation chapter 17 in verse 12. Now the letter Yod is the 10th letter in the Hebrew alphabet. In Yodas, mm. it means hand, mm. or the hand of God, the hand. Mm. Notice we have 10 fingers and 10 toes, unless you have an accident <laughs> with a saw or something. Yeah, I know. It? Yeah, it's yeah. not good. So 10 fingers, 10 toes. We have 10 tribes. In 1 Kings eleven thirty-one and verse 35, we have 10 tribes. Uh, of course, that were going to be divided among the other two. Remember that the division of the kingdom was the 10 tribes to the north and to the south is Judah. Of course, we have the parable of the 10 virgins. Mm. But hey, I'm a virgin. But you don't have oil in your lamp. Yeah, you need oil in you, your lamp. You need oil in your lamp. Don't put off tomorrow what you could do today. What you can do today. You, you don't want to be a foolish virgin. No, we don't. So think about this, though. This is where it gets to be really good. It's all building up the number 10. Oh, man, the 10. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. The count. How about 10 men in Zechariah 8.23? Why don't you read those two verses, especially the one in Revelation 2.10, Ryan? Oh, man. So 10 men. I'm all over it. It says here in uh, Zechariah chapter 8, verses 23, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days, 10 men from all the nations will grasp the garment of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So 10 men from all the nations, the yeah. Gentiles. Amen are going to be loving the Jewish people and say, hey, we know God is with you. So here's what's interesting. Wow, that's good. You know, just like I was talking about with um, kind of how sometimes these scriptures can be multifaceted, right? And and so for me, it jumps off the page, and it's obvious to me that the Jew that we're grabbing a hold of is Yeshua. Amen? That's good. So who do we learn from? Well, guess what? He's a Jewish rabbi. His name that's is right. Yeshua, right? So So let's put that first and foremost. Um, but also, I, I find it interesting, the prophecy... Uh, of Judah, right, is that uh, unto him shall the gathering of the people 
be, right? Judah, the Jewish people, they're already in the land of Israel, and we already know we're going to be gathered into the land of Israel, whether the borders that they are today, the greater borders, whatever. We're going to be gathered to that place, and who are we going to be gathered to and with? Yeshua, who is a Jew, and the Jewish people who are there, amen? So that's exciting that it's it's telling us right here that, hey, we're going to grab on to the garment. We're going to grab on to the, the zitziot, right, of him that is a Jew, and we're going to learn from him. Why? Because we know that God is with him. So uh, Revelation also has um, some interesting things, and it's so funny that we're, we're going over this because just this morning in my quiet time, I was reading the the letters to the churches in Revelation. And here, this one is in, uh, to the church in Smyrna, and this is Revelation uh, chapter 2 and verse 10. And it says, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, so that you will be tested, and you will have tribulation for ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. So we have this number 10 again. So in both of these verses, you see 10, you see the 10 tribes, you see the 10 virgins. I think that we can safely say that the 10 lost tribes, right, can be represented in this place from a prophetic standpoint, not necessarily from a bloodline literal standpoint. Yeah, because there were seven churches and, of course, Turkey. Correct, all, all in Asia Minor, right? Actually, physical churches, yeah. Right, and so... The, the Lord God, we see 10 men are grabbing onto the garment of him that is a Jew, right? Right. Can this be representative of the northern kingdom of Israel? Those that were scattered abroad? Coming back. Those returning. that were sown into the nations? Because many times Shub. we can extrapolate this and say this is the nations. And so right. tribulation for 10 days. Well, we know that if we look at prophetically at the, the way that the fall feasts are ordered, if this is the return of Yeshua, then Yeshua returns with the trumpet, trumpet sound, sound yeah. on Yom Teruah. And there's judgment. And there's judgment, exactly right. And there's 10 days of awe. Right. Well, let me tell you, if he's judging the earth for 10 days, I'm going to be sitting there with my mouth open. It's going to be interesting how that's going to play out. In awe. That's right? going to play out. You know, getting back to the number 10, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, this is what Paul says, that after that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. Mm. Some have gone on to be with the Lord, some have yeah. died. But, but Yeshua showed himself to 500 brethren at once. Right. So he's just kind of hanging out. You know, it's kind of cool. Now, in Acts 1-3, this is what it says. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. So let's put it all together. He showed himself to 500 people. Some were still alive and remained. Some have gone on to be with the Lord. And he showed himself for 40 days after the resurrection. Mm. Now in Acts 1.15, we'll continue on in the first chapter of Acts. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren. A gathering of about 120 persons was there together and said, and he goes on to talk. So now there's only 120 people. Well, and I'll tell you what, that's 10 times 12. Well, the thing is, that is interesting too, but here's the thing. It's, it's about, so it's a number, but think about it. The people only had to wait for 10 days after Yeshua's ascension to celebrate Pentecost or Shavuot. And, and a lot of the tour guides have told us that the upper room, the mention of the upper room, is not really a room or a place, but it's, the, it's a part of the Temple Mount, which would make sense later because they accused them of drunkenness. Yeah. And it was only nine o'clock in the morning and Peter gives this big discourse. So there's something I've to heard, this. I've heard that. And I've also heard that they were meeting in a place in an upper room somewhere in the city and they made their way over to the Temple Mount. That's a good point, as too. As well, that, because everybody like, would yeah. have done that as That's, a tradition. That, that is a good point. So, yeah. so the 10 days of all begin with Yom Teruah and end on Yom Kippur. These are called the 10 days of repentance. So the Jewish sages teach this. I think this is interesting, you know. So make up your mind today for righteousness. The righteousness of Yeshua. So this is what the Jewish sages teach. There are three classes of people during the 10 days of all. The first class of people are the righteous. They're sealed in the book of life. They're going to make it. They're righteous. Number two, there are the wicked. Okay, they're blotted out. They're not in the book. They've already, they're done. Yeah. But there's the intermediates. These are the ones who are undecided. It's like the undecided and this is voters. an election year. Yeah, I'm about to see undecided yes, voters. <laughs> the undecided. You do know? those even exist? <laughs> they do. The, the silent majority is going to win again. Supposedly. Yeah. Remember, Clinton was ahead in the polls. So anyway, the intermediates, so those that have not made up their minds. So it's so important to say, share your faith and, and, and speak your faith, you know, because now we've talked about Yom Teruah. We've talked about the 10 days of all. Now we are going to get into 
Yom Kippur. So I'm going to turn it over to Ryan for a little bit here mm. and get me some water because I'm all jacked up, ready to go, oh, excited. Man. You know why we're jacked up, right? Yes. Because we had really good coffee. We had some good coffee from Guatemala. <laughs> That's right, baby. So take Fren- it over, Ryan. Yom Kippur. We had a Guatemalan coffee in a French press. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we're just yeah, we the nation's it. coming back. I, I, Amen. I was supposed to go to Europe this summer. It didn't, didn't, didn't make it. <laughs> so first and foremost, Yom Kippur is uh, actually Yom Kippurim. It's the Day of Atonements, um, which a lot of people I don't think know that. But it is, Yom Kippur does mean the Day of Atonement. Um, so names, themes, and idioms. Right. So one of the one of the themes is face to face. Right. That we the ho- the high priest would go into the holy of holies and he would be face to face with God. Other names for it is the day or the great day, and you can see this uh, throughout scriptures in the New Testament as you see the day approaching, things like that. Also the fast because uh, the commandment is to afflict your soul, and the traditional way to afflict your soul is to fast, to fast, to not eat. Don't eat or don't drink for 24 hours. Right. Uh, it's also been called the Great Shofar, the Shofar Hagadol, and also the Nila, the closing of the gates. Uh, so if you imagine that the gates are opened on Yom Teruah, the king comes in, he's crowned and sits on his throne, he judges the people for 10 days, and after 10 days, the gates are closed. And you're either inside the gates of the city, where you have peace, provision, and protection, or you're outside the gates of the city, where there is Once weeping, the gates are closed, your fate is sealed. Where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's good. So the question for everyone is, do you want to be inside the gates of the city or outside the gates of the city? I'll let you answer that one for yourself. So Kippur means ransom by means of substitute. Ransom by means of substitute. And um, and uh, <laughs> and then it... Uh, sign language. Okay, yeah, he's, he's making motions. Body language. We don't speak the same sign language, by no, the way. No, we don't. <laughs> So Romans uh, chapter 3, verses 23 through 26, explains the significance of our atonement in the context of Yom Kippur. And so obviously our atonement has been uh, made by Yeshua, and he is currently still making atonement for us uh, in the heavens, you know, right now today. We, we cannot live without his atonement. And so here's what Romans chapter 3, verses 23 through 26 says. It says, For all have sinned and come short, of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. And chapter, in verse 26, to declare, I say at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of him that believeth in so Jesus. it's real simple, Ryan, as you, as you study that, we're going to break this down. So simple for people. Why is Yom Kippur so important? Because it's about corporate forgiveness. So collectively, if he's our propitiation, we all come together. We thank the Lord for his corporate forgiveness in Yeshua, right. but he is the lamb of God. He's yeah. not the goat. So the two goats of Yom Kippur uh, in Leviticus chapter 16, verses seven and eight, lots were cast by the high priest for the two goats. One lot for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat or Azazel. Mm. Interesting, Azazel. Matter of fact, in the book of Enoch, Azazel is the name of the chief demon. So the two goats, the first one, one goat is chosen to be sacrificed to purge the shrine of any similar defilement stimulated by misdeeds of the whole Israelite people. So think about this. So the place uh, is, is represented by one of the goats, the place the tabernacle, the temple, the shrine, the place. And then, of course, the other one, the second goat, is sent away, not sacrificed, um, uh, to cleanse the people themselves. The goat is marked as Azazel and is sent away into the wilderness. Leviticus chapter 16, verse 10. Notice Leviticus 16, Ryan, is the way to God. Right. Because 18 and up is the walk with God. So see, God is so holy, everyone, that you need a sacrifice. Right. You need a sacrifice, you know. Well, that's the first thing you do when you come in. And that's what God you, has done. It's a spiritual law. When you enter the temple or the tabernacle, yes. the first thing you do is you bring your, your offering. Your For sacrifice. the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now... Uh, we're gonna. I guess I think we're gonna see that. So anyway, the main purpose for Yom Kippur is for corporate forgiveness. Right. Remember, Yeshua is not a goat; he's a lamb mm. to take away that sin of the world. So we go into the main purpose for Yom Kippur is for corporate forgiveness. 
in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 34, it says, Now you shall have this as a permanent statute to make atonement for the sons of Israel for all their sins once every year. And just as the Lord had commanded Moses, so he did. Notice Leviticus 16. All, the whole chapter is all about the priest, the high priest. Yeshua is our high priest. Ryan's going to take it from here. Yeshua is our high priest. It is, That's he, good. He is. And, and one point I want to make is I want you to notice that, um, you know, there's two, at least two new years, right? Um, uh, there are, you know, other new years throughout the year for specific things like trees and things like that. But for us, we have the spiritual new year where we're born again right before Passover, right, at Nisan 1. And then the Jewish people, traditionally, they use the Yom Teruah as their Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, or the civil new year, the civil calendar, or the year of kings and things like that. So, But I want you to notice that Yom Kippur comes after the new year has begun and is an atonement for the, the following year. We're saying, hey, we're leaving these things behind. We're coming to the new year afresh. God, you set a path before me, and I'm atoning for this coming year to get that fresh start. And so I just thought that was a great way to look at it, that we're not atoning for the sins of the past. We're atoning for the things that are to come, amen? So Yeshua is our high priest. And we look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, and it says here, Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, propitiation is just a good old-fashioned King James word for substitute, um, that he is put in our place and takes on our uh, punishment that we so rightly deserve based on the law of God. And so uh, moving on to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Amen. And so this is one of the mysteries of the Messiah Yeshua and his deity, that he is 100% God. He's the mediator. And he is 100% man. And that makes him the only one qualified to be the mediator between God and man. And so what does he do? He gives us a new and living way. Amen. And so Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22, let's read it together. It says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hallelujah. And that's where we get mikvahs from. That's exactly right. That's why we do yearly mikvahs at our church every year. Next week, we're going to be doing on Wednesday and Thursday from 10 in the morning to 8 p.m. Our bodies washed with pure water. In context, Hebrews 10 uh, Actually, if you keep reading it, it, the reference is the Day of Atonement. That's right. Well, and here's what's cool about this. I love this. it. What's awesome about this is that our high priest, the veil was torn, right? Guess what? He was broken and bruised. What For what? For our transgressions. Yeah. And so it's, it's calling you know, uh, his flesh a veil here in this verse. And what's cool about this is that that's what we know about him, right? That he is God in the flesh, but the flesh is just the veil for who he is. Amen? That's right. And of course, Leviticus 16, as you're going to read verse 4, uh, it's all about the priest washing his body in water. Absolutely. Let's read it. It says here, uh, talking about the high priest washing his body, 16.4. Leviticus 16.4. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. There are sacred garments. These are, I'm sorry, these are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. And he wears all white. Amen. And so, so continuing on in what Hebrews 10 25. It says, forsaking our own assembling. Not forsaking. No, I'm sorry, yes. Yes, not forsaking. See how you can mess that up? Just. It's all right. It's still good. Yeah. Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we, as you see the day drawing near. So what is this saying? You know, there's a school of thought out there that the feasts are done away with, right? Yeah. 
But guess what it says right here? It says, hey, let's not, we have to come to the feasts. We, we need to be together on the feast days. We need to And remember the, uh, the war of Yom Kippur, you know, the Israelites, the children of Israel, the state of Israel thwarted their enemies on the day, on the, on the day of atonement. The enemy mm-hmm. attacked them on the feast. And the Lord That's said, right. I'll, I got your back. I'll watch over you. So that was not a good idea. No. So some interesting facts about Yom Kippur, uh, which, by the way, it begins in the evening on September 27th on a Sunday night to Monday night. And that will, of course, conclude the 10 days of all. Now, the high priest dressed all in white, number one. Number two, only time the name of Hashem was spoken aloud, you know, People want to debate over the sacred name and all these other things. I think his name is sacred. But here's the thing. Yeshua comes along, the Son of God, and says, call him Abba. Amen. Abba, Abba. When you go to Israel, that's all you hear. Abba, Abba. You know, I was at a resort, and uh, and I, this gentleman was there, and he was Jewish, and he had his keep on. He's walking around. His kids were going, Abba, Abba. Boy, just really, Man. I'm like, wow, I'm hearing this in Orlando. So uh, number three, the year of Jubilee was announced on this feast. All debts are canceled. Everyone gets to go back to their inheritance. Boy, what a great time to look forward to this. Uh, the think, only... think about that. They would leave on uh, after the Yom Kippur and Tabernacle celebrations, and they would go and they would pronounce all over the land that the year of Jubilee was coming, right? Right. And how awesome is that? That is awesome. So this is the only feast day that you fast. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look back at the Golden Calf incident, the corporately that they dropped the ball in Exodus 32. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... Had they not done the Golden Calf incident, you wouldn't need Yom Kippur. I mean, that's that's definitely a way to It's to something to think about. So, sure. so you would have actually, you know, uh, seven feasts instead of eight. Well, let's let's. there's a broader point there. Without our sin of adultery, which is essentially the sin, right? Right. W- there wouldn't be a need for atonement because there wouldn't be sin. Amen? That, that's true. That's true. So this is the only feast day that you fast. And uh, number five, only time the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies. So remember, the temple veil was torn from the top to the bottom. And I believe Yahweh wanted to come out. God wants to come out and and be with us. So number uh, six, it's the sixth feast, the number of man. So Ryan, why don't you take take the rest of this? I will. Um, So Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14 says, Thus he will sprinkle... 5215. 52.15. 52.15. 5.215. That's good. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. Hallelujah. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God comes to reveal. Yeshua comes to bring revelation. He comes to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal the sick. He comes to restore all things. He doesn't come for judgment. The judgment occurs, and guess what? There are those that have chosen to not be judged well, right? I mean, it's a choice that we all have That's to make. Good. Amen? And so in uh, Matthew 25, verses 32 and 33, it says this. It says, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. So we don't want to be a goat nation. We do not want to be a goat nation. You don't want to be a goat nation. So basically, if you stop and look at this, uh, it's the uh, it's it's the three letters of D O A, D O A, and what does that mean, Ryan? Uh, well, uh, it means Day of Atonement. That's good. Right. A little acronym, yeah. But it, it, it also means dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. Yeah. So like when somebody wow. shows up at the hospital and they check them, they're DOA. So, so dead on arrival, Day of Atonement, that's the acronym. Uh, last but not least, on Rosh Hashanah, it is written. On Yom Kippur, it is sealed. That's right. You know, they talk about the, uh, the, the weights and balances. A scale right. represents the 10 days of all. Yeah. You know, and so you've been weighed in the balance. Remember that? Yeah. And so, and so, so think about this. This is, this is our hope and our joy. You know, we're in this, the month of Elul right now. Um, we're coming to a close here very soon on the evening of the 18th. Um, Elul will end and Tishri will begin. And we'll celebrate uh, the Feast of Yom Teruah, the blowing of the trumpet. And... Imagine for a moment that Yeshua, the king, is in the field, that he's coming back from either his diplomatic travels or from battle or for wherever That's right, he was. That's right, he's out in the field. 
And so mingling with the people. What does this mean? It means the king is out there. Like you don't have to come and apply to the gatekeepers to get to him and see him at his throne, right? It means that he's out with the people and that you can just walk up to him and you can love on him. You can bow yeah, to shake him. His hand. You can request, make supplications to him. You can do all of these things. Why? Because he's accessible, right? So then Yom Teruah comes and he's coronated king. He's brought, he's, he's put on his throne. And then you have the 10 days where he's judging and he's, he's uh, receiving everybody before him. Think of, think of this as the judgment seat of Christ in, from a prophetic standpoint, that everyone is being brought before him, paraded before him, and that he's making the judgments. And then the judgment is all sealed and final on Yom Kippur. So there's those 10 days and then boom, the gates are closed. And then it's over. And you're either in the gates or you're out of the gates. And so it's a good prophetic picture because then guess what happens? Then we have five more days to get everything ready for the biggest party that has ever been ever in the history of the universe. The Feast of Engathering. That's right. Which is, which yeah. is a great hope for us and is very exciting. But we yeah. have to get through Yom Teruah, the right. 10 days of all, and Yom Kippur first. Amen. So, so in conclusion here, you know, I want you all to be reminded of this as well, though. Uh, Lars brought a very good point out. Uh, and I do believe um, I'm going to look this up because I want to I share this with all of you in closing because it's so important to understand that as we understand that the, the word of God, the people of God, and the land of God are all synonymous. They're all together. The word, the people, and the land. So basically, in Isaiah 62, in closing here, Hallelujah. verse 4, Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in, the, in thee, and thy land shall be married. Okay? Amen. Amen. In verse 5, For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee, and as the bridegroom rejoiceth over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. Now, here's the interesting thing. It even goes on to say in verse 6, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day and night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. So we won't get any more verses. But anyway, check this out. For the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. Amen. So, God has his people called the children of Israel. They come back, create the state. God allows the state of Israel to be born again, to be rebirthed after 2,000 years. And the people come back to the land, and basically they're married to the land. Now, I want you all to understand this. Now, what's happening is land for peace is not going to work. As I'm sharing this podcast with you, and you will be listening to it today on Tuesday, of course, it's it's... September the, the 15th, uh, the thing is, and I want to remind everyone, that God's not happy with these peace plans. Goat nations. nations are goat trying, nations. Bunch that of they're goats. trying to, you know, uh, push their way into this, this, this treaty or whatever. Even the Oslo Accords is, is, a, is a, just a total, you know, blasphemy. But here's the thing. When you make the Jews give up the land, that's adultery. Mm, that's right. The Jews are married to the land. Beulah, married. So the land is married to the people. So what does the enemy want to do? He wants to cut it up into, into, into slices. He cuts it up like a pie, you know. And so if you look at Joel chapter 3, let's look at the response of this. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people... And for the heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Not good. So we know that, that he's, he's not happy. You've parted my land, United Nations, whatever you're doing. And even if we go into Leviticus, I want to share with you guys uh, this, this main point. Because they are meeting at the White House this week to seal a peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain, okay? And I think some other Arab states will be on the heels of this. But I want to read to you Leviticus once again to reiterate this. And I gave you one reference in Joel, in my land. But I'd like to go to Leviticus. Uh, it's towards the end here. I'm, I'm looking through here. In Leviticus, I'm finding it. 
It's in Leviticus chapter 25 in verse 23. This is the walk with God. It's in chapter 25. Remember, 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So Leviticus 25 verse 23. The land shall not be sold forever, right? Or to be quite cut off, it means in Hebrew, the Hebrew language. For the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. The land belongs to Yahweh. No nation has a right to divide up the land. And Lars and Arson was sharing in President Trump's deal of the century. Is that what it's called? The peace plan. Yep. That the, the, the verbiage of Palestinian state was mentioned 300 times. So what does that mean? You're going to divide up the land from the Jewish people, which is putting them into adultery. Yeah. It's adultery. Uh, I don't know if I have the reference or not right now. I don't, I don't believe I do. But King Solomon actually gave some land to a foreigner. A foreign nation gave some land to a foreigner in a foreign nation. And guess what? It's not his right. It's not our right or anybody's right or the prime minister or the parliament or any party of Israel to give away land to any nation except to the nation of Israel. It's, it's married. The land is married to the Jewish people. The Jewish people are married to the land of Israel. Just think about it, everybody. Please lift up President Trump that he will have uh, laborers come into his path to preach this message don't divide the land. Stay out of it. No concessions, no conclaves, no nothing that make it sovereignty, make it sovereign. Give the land to the Jewish people. Amen. Amen. And that's my closing thought. Amen. All right. So in uh, the spirit of the fall feasts in Yom Teruah, we are going to listen. What a blessing it is to listen to the sound of the ram's horn, the shofar. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Listen, you'll hear that sound one day, and it won't be from the shofar from a ram made by the hands of man, but it will be the sound of the voice of Almighty God coming on the clouds, and we will be caught up in the air with Him, and we will forever be with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a great hope we have in the Lord. What an awesome hope. Uh, man, I'm so excited about Yom Teruah and the 10 days of awe on Yom Kippur, man. This is going to be good stuff. I'll tell you what. So God bless you guys. Take this, receive hope, receive encouragement, receive the blessings that God is pouring out on us today, this remnant of people that are just listening to his voice and rehearsing his forthcoming that I mean, I just cannot even, just what, how awesome it will be. I mean, I just, I have a lack of words in my own language to describe it. And so God bless you guys. Receive that blessing. Have a great week. <laughs>